Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you. My name is Katie G, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, July 5th, and this is a 7 a.m. Big Book meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book. We are on page 91, the third paragraph, See Your Man Alone If Possible, ending with Get Him to Tell Some of His. And we're going to read that one paragraph only. Today's readers are, and thank you for your service, the 12 steps of OA is Denise C. The 12 traditions of OA is Nancy C. And readers of the text are Vanessa G. And we're going to have Leah S. read page 164. The reference number for yesterday, Tuesday, July 4, the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Meeting, is 20,409. That's 204. And the 10 a.m. meeting, that number 20,410, that's 20410. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous, is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Denise C. to please read the 12 steps of OA. Good morning, Denise. Good morning. Thank you, Katie. This is Denise C., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee, the 12 steps. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless and moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrong. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Made a list, eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 10. Continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11. 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Denise. And I will now ask Nancy C. to please read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning, family. Nancy C. gratefully recovered this morning in Ann Arbor, Michigan. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name or any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We know we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these principles, all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities pass. Thank you, Nancy. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. We read a paragraph or two, excuse me, anyone can share, but we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We are on page 91, the third paragraph. See your man alone if possible. Ending with, get him to tell some of his, that one paragraph only. I will now ask Vanessa G. to get us started. Good morning, Vanessa. 
Good morning. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, everyone on the line. This is Vanessa G. Recovered in New Mexico. Page 91, third paragraph. See your man alone if possible. At first, engage in general conversation. After a while, turn the talk to some phase of drinking. Tell him enough about your drinking habits, symptoms, and experiences to encourage him to speak of himself. If he wishes to talk, let him do so. You will thus get a better idea of how you ought to proceed. If he is not communicative, give him a sketch of your drinking career up to the time you quit. But say nothing for the moment of how that was accomplished. If he is in a serious mood, dwell on the troubles liquor has caused you, being careful not to moralize or lecture. If his mood is light, tell him humorous stories of your escapades. Get him to tell some of his. I am so happy that we're going through this chapter at this point in uh, time. I've got a couple of people who are not really familiar with um, Overeaters Anonymous who are um, quite interested in um, how I've recovered. And um, and I haven't said anything to them yet about um, the actual um, program itself. Um, you know, the spiritual part of it, the physical part of it, I've touched on with them. But um, right now, um, I've had, you know, a couple of meetings with each of them. And um, and I'm getting ready now to, to maybe um, tell them a little bit more. It sounds like <laughs> I have them on the hook, so to speak. Um, so I'm really um, so grateful um, that this chapter really lays out um, exactly how to approach um, people who um, are not familiar with the program at all. Um, I think it also lays out um, instructions for the people that are familiar with the program um, because in our program, I find that probably the majority of people that I sponsor are people who are coming back and are people that are trying again. And approaching that with a newcomer bent, you know, deciding um, once and for all to do it um, without um, preconceptions and going strictly from the book has been really helpful to me in sponsoring people, just really treating them and asking them to treat themselves as um, newcomers one more time. Because this program is certainly a lifesaver. Um, if it's not a lifesaver physically, it's a lifesaver emotionally. We um, are so dead without um, freedom from food. Anyway, that's it for this morning. I, I really appreciate the opportunity to open up the meeting. And I pass. Thank you, Vanessa, for getting us started. Okay, friends, just a reminder, we are on page 91, the third paragraph, see your man alone if possible, ending with get him to tell us, to tell some of his, ending in that paragraph only, I apologize. And just a reminder that if you have shared in the past two days, so that would be Monday or Tuesday, we do appreciate your share and ask that you take a step back so that we may hear from other fellows. So if you press star one, I would love to take your name. I've got my pen and paper 
Ready Jackie to B. go. Okay, Jackie B. Bonnie B. Reva P. Bonnie. Jen A. Did I hear a Reva, Reva P? I heard Jen and I heard Rick. Melissa uh, Reva, did I hear you? Hang on, Jen. Yes. A. Rick J. Melissa D. Um, wait, hang on. Rick, Jen, Rick, Melissa, Russ. And did I hear Reva P or am I my ears broken? Yes, Reva P. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so sorry, friends. Okay, we have a great lineup. Okay, here we go. My pen and ear heard. Jackie B, Bonnie B, Jen A, Rick J, Melissa C, Russ M, and Reva P. So let's get started with Jackie B. Good morning, Jackie. Uh, good morning. This is Jackie B from the Bronx. Grateful to be here. Grateful for everybody's service. And um, I had knee replacement surgery, so I'm off. So makes me available to, to participate and not just do podcasts. Um, I am so grateful because for me, this whole program works because I hear and share my experience with compulsive overeating. Without that, I don't think it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a program of attraction. And I think a lot of people feel that, you know, oh, no, no one can have a story like me or nobody could feel like me. You know, that, that uniqueness I always felt I had to be. You know, in this program, what gets me is that I understand what another compulsive overeater is going through. Um, I tried some new meetings this this weekend, and it's funny. I'm hearing brand new newcomers talking. I said, "Wow, I remember that. Yeah, I do that," and and that keeps it fresh for me because I have to remember that I only have a daily reprieve. Uh, contingent that I do not touch those ingredients and the obsession, but I have to work it every day. I mean, I woke up, to, even with all the recovery I have, I woke up this morning thinking I binged my head off. All these foods I was eating. Then woke up and said, oh, it was all a dream. But you know what? Even when working this program, it doesn't stop me from having binge dreams. But it does tell me to tell other people, yes, I have binge dreams, even though I work this program. Yes, I have to do the steps. When I'm aggravated, or when I'm, you know, every day I have to do my inventory. Every day I have to do spot check. Every day I've got to reach out. Every day I've got to say, I'm a compulsive overeater. I don't just open the refrigerator. Me and the refrigerator have an agreement. I have to eat what I'm supposed to eat and nothing more. But I have to work this program. I got to tell other compulsive overeaters because that uniqueness has to be shared because then we find out we're in the same boat. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie B. Okay, next up we have Bonnie B, and Bonnie will be followed by Jen A. Hey, good morning, Bonnie. Hey, good morning, my friends. Hi there, Bonnie B from Minnesota. Gratefully recovered today by the grace of God. Uh, by the grace of God, excuse me. Um, yeah, so this program to me is about connecting with others, and everything is always about leaning in. I can remember talking with people when I first came into this program and thinking, oh, my goodness, there's someone else. I can remember going to the first meeting, sitting in the back row back when it was live, 
and, and pretending I was invisible and listening to people talk and being horrified and yet so relieved because for the first time in my life, I came to understand I wasn't the only one. The greatest gift I can give to someone else in this program, whether it be a newcomer or someone that has relapsed and is coming back, is the gift of truthfulness. Been there, done that. It's okay. The definition for shame, most of us have heard it, is should have already mastered everything. It's disease. So leaning in is the gift. Leaning in means that I share with everyone else exactly what it looked like to me, the good, the bad, and most importantly, the ugly. Those are the chapters that I worked so hard to manage because I did not want people to know what I had done with this stuff. In this disease, I did not want to let people know. And yet that's the gift for them, and it's absolutely the gift for me because it keeps me incredibly aware of where this disease will take me if I'm not mindful. 24-7, seven days a week, always trusting upon God because I know that I can't do it. If I could have done it, I wouldn't be here today. But the gift of leaning in, the gift of meeting people where they're at, the gift of listening to them talk, and then sharing yours. I laugh more with people in this program at some of the things that we've done than I ever laughed outside of this program. And it's not a laughter as in a bad laughter. as It's, it's a like, oh, my goodness, you too, right? It's this, it's this for the first time, um, like, familiarness with someone else that I thought there wasn't. On page 427, it says, if you're an apple, you can be the best apple you can be, but you can never be an orange. I share that with anyone I speak with that's new or that has relapsed. No, no problem. We're apples trying to be oranges and it doesn't work. But we have found a place where there's a whole bunch of other people that are just like us. And the more I share with people, the more confidence I have in the fact that I'm not broken. Well, maybe, but God's okay with that. Um, but that, but that, this is okay. This is my DNA. I was born with this DNA, and this isn't a bad DNA. I just didn't know there was a solution for this DNA with regards to how to stay emotionally sober because I came in thinking it was about the weight, and it's not about the weight. It's about emotional sobriety. As my head goes, so goes my body. What a gift we have to share with each other and what a freedom it is to be able to be honest with people because it takes people out of the closet, which is the closet of isolation and it Time, provides please. a bridge. And I will pass with that. And thank you so much, you guys have a blessed day. Bye-bye. Thank you, Bonnie. And then next up we will welcome Jen A to the line followed by Rick J. Good morning, Jen A. Hey Katie. Good morning. Thanks so much for your service today. Oh boy, chapter seven, the title says, um, carrying others, convincing others, coaching others, bossing others, saving others. No, it doesn't say that at all. Those are the things that I have written down above the title um, in my book on the first page because it tells me I'm to work with others. Um, And year after year, sponsee after sponsee, I'm reminded that this is an outside job. Um, It's outside my realm. I can't do anything uh, to convince people that they need Overeaters Anonymous or to convince people to put down the food or convince people to write a fourth step. Um, My job is just uh, to carry the message and to work with other people as my sponsor worked with me. And I love how on just page three of this chapter and, you know, all these 150 suggestions that are being given to us in this chapter that I'm being told again to listen, right? Right engage in general conversation, but then 
turn your face into your drinking and tell him enough so that he's going to speak of himself, right? Because people don't need to hear about me. And I love how it was talked about this morning, like war stories, we've all had them. Come on. You know, what are we here to just figure out who's got the best war story, who's, you know, eaten the most or gained the most weight or, you know, lost the most weight or exercised the most. No, that's not what it's about. It's to identify in. Um, you know, and just, and give him, I love this, the habits and the symptoms and the experiences that I've had. What are the habits? What are the things that I did? How do I know that I am a compulsive over eater? What are the experiences that I had being in the gym two times a day, seven days a week, thinking that's going to solve my problems? Maybe that person will identify in with me. Maybe they won't. I love it how that every time I talk honestly and open openly with people and like it says give them a sketch of my drinking career up to the time that you quit it's good but here's my warning say nothing for the moment of how that was accomplished it's not my job to give the rendition of Overeaters Anonymous 12 Steps 101 in the first time I speak with somebody and then the second thing is my biggest one that I have underlined highlighted circled in orange being careful not to moralize or lecture because I, too, can get on a hilltop and a high top because I'm so recovered, ha-ha, quote-unquote. Nothing's going to get me. That's total BS in my brain. That's my thinking turned on again, that I need to lecture and, you know, be there for other people in that way. No. Kind, loving, and firm is what's written at the beginning of my chapter. These people are just like me, and somebody was just like me and said it to me, too. So my job as a recovered compulsive overeater who's working, who's being a sponsor and working with others, don't tell how it was accomplished in detail and dwell on that, but just to give them the truth and the facts and to listen to their experience as well. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks, Katie. Thanks, Jen. All right, next up to the line is Rick J. And Rick will be followed by Melissa C. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Katie. Good to hear you. Thanks for your service. And uh, my name is Rick Jay. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in North Carolina. And yeah, I, I've already heard a lot of what I, I so relate to with this uh, paragraph uh, from other shares. You know, it's it's about connecting with others. And to do that, I need to be a good listener and kind of match my speed, you know, with, with someone. I mean, I do have so many experiences uh, you know, that I can use. And just like the promises say, no matter how far down the scale I've gone, I can see how my experience can benefit others. And here I'm getting some good, useful tips about being relatable. You know, I don't want to just blow somebody out of the water. You know, I'm, my job is to show up and, and to carry the message. And um, how can I do that? I I start by connecting and being a good listener. And sometimes being a good listener is the hardest thing for me. I have it all in my head about what I want to say and what I'm going to do. And no, just shut up and listen to this person and gauge where they're at, you know, and then be relatable. Because if I'm relatable, then the possibility for connection is there. If nobody can relate to me, there's no way they're ever going to connect to me. And, uh, being a good listener and then being honest and just sharing my experience, strength, and hope and matching my speed with theirs a little bit. You know, back when I was in the Navy and out on the ship, you know, we had a supply ship to come and, you know, there was a whole, you know, process, you know, and a lot of procedures in place to, to get our, you know, 
our course and our speed and, you know, ships aligned with each other. And then all of a sudden, you know, you can start throwing lines and, you know, connecting and people, you know, shooting supplies over and sending stuff back. And, but we can't do that until we're carefully going side by side. And it's not the person that, uh, you know, that I'm helping's job to do that because they're looking for help. It's my job to do that. And it's very easy to do when I can just connect and be a good listener, be relatable, and then just show up and tell the truth and um, go from there with good orderly direction that they've so thoughtfully put out here for us. And with that, I pass. Hey, thanks, Rick. Okay, next up we'll have Melissa C. And Melissa will be followed by Russ M. Good morning, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for your service. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, for me, it's really important, an important practice of mine before I'm going to speak with somebody, if I know that I'm going to speak with someone, um, that I take a moment and I, like, I try to invite God in to, to my conversation. You know, I... I meditate and I ask God to help my words, you know, be the right words so that the right person is able to hear them. And um, and then I sort of start from that position. Um, um, you know, so I, I don't in these early conversations tell people what their food plan is. I don't talk about what they can and cannot eat, what meetings. Melissa C., I cannot hear you. Please press star one. Hey, I'm sorry. I didn't hear anything. Sue, I heard the last thing I heard you say was, you know so. We heard most of your share. We, we can hear need... her. We yeah, can no, hear her. I got it. Well, Thanks, thank you. I appreciate all your support. Let's get back thank to Melissa. <laughs> Thanks, Melissa. Sorry. Thanks, Katie. Thanks. So you'll just stop me when my time is out. So Yeah, um, yeah, don't worry. <laughs> okay. Thanks. Um yeah, so I I don't come at people telling them what they can't eat and what they can eat and and what meetings they have to go to, not in these early conversations. This is like, let, let's just kind of get to know each other. And, and the get to know each other is, I, I loved what Vanessa said in her opening share, it's kind of like um, fishing almost, you know. I have to determine which is the worm, which is the worm that they're going to bite, you know. And so am I going to tell, like, my most painful stories you know, and and go from that angle. I have to sort of feel their mood, and and for me, that's really where I ask divine to come in and help me gauge their mood. Or am I going to tell like, you know, my funny stories, my my like crazy things that I've done, and and kind of go from that angle. But I don't tell people like this is not the part where we tell people what they're going to have to do. And I really, you know, for me, what I really remember is my. One of my earliest meetings, there was a woman there at the meeting who stood up and spoke, and what I remembered about her was she was just beautiful to me. And I remembered that her shirt was tucked in to her skirt, you know, which was somehow really important to me because I never wore anything tucked in, and she just looked beautiful. And I couldn't imagine that she had what I had. And she started speaking, and she talked about stealing candy. And it was like the woman was telling my story. She talked about eating food in the dark, eating in the car, 
stealing from her family. And 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 she was like putting the worm in the water that was just right for me. And I, you know, that's what sold me. And I think that's where we begin. We, we're supposed to lead people so that they feel comfortable. I'm pleased. Yeah, so that they feel comfortable talking to themselves, and then we can share our solution. And um, thanks with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Melissa. Okay, now we'll have Russ M. followed by Reva P., and then we'll welcome some more people to share. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, family. Russ M., recovered compulsive overeater from Northampton, PA. So when I jumped on Vision for You about seven years ago, um, somebody heard me talk, got my number. They called me. They listened to me and, uh, you know, shared a little bit, not too much. They didn't get crazy. And as I got through the steps, I started sponsoring and I started bombarding people and had to tell my story and the war hero that I am and all these, all the ego stuff, you know, and it did my sponsoring didn't really work out initially until I shut my mouth and just opened my ears and listened to people, you know. And and aside, you know, I feel I feel like in life, you know, I, I'm still struggling with my purpose on this earth, right? So, but coming down, listening to you guys, I'm driving to work today. I'm thinking like, this is what it is. We have to get to people. I have to get to people, and by getting to people, you know, I got to shut my mouth, listen, and help them like someone did for me. And not the the big, heavy-hitting tragedies of life, just like the regular things, uh, like regarding the food is what I'm saying. You know, I don't have to go into every detail, you know, to identify with somebody. And, you know, I'm still learning. I'm still learning after these years that, you know, my grandfather, my Sicilian grandfather says, God rest his soul, he said, you got one mouth and two ears. Listen twice as much as you talk. And I have to employ that with, with this, with the 12 steps. And it's a real, it's a difficult thing. You know, I, I, I'll make it real quick. I have this, I'm, I'm a medical examiner for truck, truck drivers. And a lot of the patients that come in, a lot of the clients that come in, they're battling. And I don't know what they are. I don't know if they're compulsive overeaters, heavy eaters, hard eaters, whatever you want to call it. And I'm still struggling with my approach because I don't want to see nobody die of this. I don't want to see their lives being destroyed. So I'm still learning, but I got to stop the Z. I mean, shut up. Keep it, keep it quiet and listen. So that's all I got from this paragraph. Thank you for letting me share. I love you guys very much. You don't know how much. Have a great day. Oh, we love you too, Russ. All right, let's wrap this particular portion of our sharing with Reva P, and then we'll take some more names. Good morning, Reva. Good morning. This is Reva P, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, what strikes me and what I'm learning in this paragraph, it's like, you know, Bill's teaching me this really skilled technique of how to draw people in because I can get over-enthusiastic and, and push and talk too much and, 
and do all the things I'm not supposed to do. Um, and what strikes me the most is this business of like just a sketch, um, because here I'm, I'm drawing somebody in. And the best thing that the first person I ever uh, heard in OA did for me was talk about all the icky, horrible, shameful things they had done with food when this gorgeous woman was standing up at the front of the room and I would never have believed that she had done what I did and thought the way I thought and she could put into words what was going on in my head. Um, so I think this paragraph tells me, you know, focus on the problem, not the solution. I think if somebody would have started with the whole God stuff, I would have never come back. Um, it was just way too way out there for me. Um, and I also am struck by how, you know, it's almost like it's, it's the listening, yes, but for me, when I hear somebody talking or somebody gives me a chance to talk and I can hear myself, I start developing awareness. Because if I'm not aware that I have a problem, I'm not gonna be interested in the solution. Um, and this is probably mainly focusing on the alcohol part here, but it's the same every time I share at step 10, every time I quote, work with others, I talk to somebody else, it's, it's for me, um, maybe I'm particularly verbal, but when I get to talk and hear, and I get the me too, um, and I identify in, whether it's about the food or whether it's about certain character defects, I become more aware. And once I become more aware, and then I become more disturbed, and I'm more and more disturbed, um, then I'm much more willing to take hold of the solution. Even now, even in recovery, I have to become aware, I have to get really uncomfortable, um, and I have to, like, just don't want to do that anymore, um, whatever it is. Um, so I'm so grateful. It's very skilled, you know, just, just a sketch, just a, like an outline, um, and leave some space there, and, and then be open to God's guidance um, in these conversations. And with that, I pass. All right, Reva, thank you so much. Thanks to everyone. And all right, let me get my pen. Hang on. <laughs> Reminder, we are on page 91, the third paragraph, starting with see your man alone if possible, ending with get him to tell some of his. And as we all know, we are going to um, hear, listen for our friends who have not shared in the past two days. So I do have my pen out, and I'm ready to go. Star one, please. Sorry, Pamela yeah. P. in New York. Okay, okay, hang on one sec. Hang on. I've got Darian K. Pam, and I've got Pamela. Pam, Pamela, Pamela, I got you. Thank you so much. I got Darian and Pamela. Who else do I have? Abby R. Jim. Abby and Jim. All right, I can do three more. Abby, Jim, actually two more I lied. Who else? Chris W. Chris? And one more? Margaret D, Georgia. And Margaret D. Okay, friends, we're going to cap it at that because my math is bad, and I think that that's where we should cap it for right now. So right now I have Darian K, Pamela P, Abby R, Jim, I don't know, Chris W, and Margaret D. And I have been remiss to ask, please share your state along with your the last initial of your first name so our friends can uh, look you up on the phone list. Good morning, Darian. Please go ahead. Oh, good morning, Katie. Uh, this is Darian Kay from the Berkshires in Massachusetts in Western Mass. Uh, gratefully recovered and so glad to be on the line with all of you this morning. Um, this is such a, a great you know, paragraph to remember. 
you know, working with others is our purpose. It's really the purpose that we, um, you know, stay in the program. It keeps us from, um, you know, staying. It keeps us in the program, keeps both feet in the program. Um, because we have to remember where we're coming from. I think that that's, you know, the crux of it. If we don't, you know, we will forget. And this is, you know, a disease of forgetting and denial and justification. And, um, you know, that's what our disease wants us to do. Oh, forget it. Like, we're not so bad. And, you know, we don't really have this disease. And we can do this and we can do that. And, you know, I think the longer that we're in program, somehow that um, that devil of a voice <laughs> um, speaks a little louder because we're further away from that desperation we had in the beginning. So we have to, and I have to, um, make sure that I'm working with others and letting them know where I'm coming from, you know. And, and that was the program of attraction that, you know, helped me come into program, um, specifically my sister when she told her story and she was able to share um, the depths of uh, despair and also the humor, you know, that came from things that she did. I could relate, you know, because, I mean, not only was she my sister, but she also did things that I just never knew about and I never would have known um, unless she um, was vulnerable enough and open enough to um, to share. So this is just so, so critical. Um in working our program, um, and you know, I when it says lecture, you know that that's me. That's what they called right. The people in Weight Watchers were lecturers. They would lecture to us, and that's why it never worked for me because I felt like I was that little tiny person sitting in, you know, the audience being lectured to, uh, and I, and I never could relate. Never could relate to that little woman in the suit with the pen, you know. Um, and so, you know, today, when someone shares this story with me, still, I, you know, I'd love to hear where people are coming from and getting to know them, you know, through qualifications and and whatever, and on the phone, one on one. Um, you know, it just solidifies the reason I stay in program and the reason why I belong in program. Um, and then. You know, we can just all be there for each other. So it's just, it's just wonderful. I just so appreciate everybody's share. And again, grateful to be on the line with all of you. Thank you so much, Katie. Bye-bye. Thank you, Darian Kay from the Berkshires, Massachusetts. Next up, we have Pamela P. Followed by Abby R. Good morning, Pamela. Good morning. This is Pamela P. from New York. God bless you. What a great meeting. Um, so, yeah, so when I came in the OA, um, I, what attracted me by OA, that number one is a spiritual program. And also, just hearing other people that sound just like me. Like, I, I, when I got the disease, the only experience I had was seeing someone doing something when I went in college, people were gurging, um, purging, and Oh, just to look thin, and my mom used to do that during my childhood. I thought it was disgusting, but when I was doing it, I knew something was wrong. And my boyfriend at the time, uh, the one uh, was talking to a sponsor on the phone, and that got me into OA. And it's just a very non-judgment type environment. 
at, you know, at the beginning. I just could be myself. And right now what I'm going to relate to the story, uh, the fellowship been amazing to me because I just broke up with my boyfriend on June the 8th. It was a domestic violence case, uh, no physical, a lot of mental, emotional abuse. And the fellowship just been reaching out to me and giving me encouraging word, being positive, say, Pamela, you could do this. And to do a fine recovery in this shelter been very hard, but nothing too hard for my high power is Jesus. So I'm I'm doing the footwork. I read the bit book. I work in myself. I call in my sponsor. I call five people a day. I read the literature. I'm doing what I have to do to have sanity in the unsanity environment. And I'm just trying. And the fellowship got a lot to do with it because I just hear people that been through horrible more experience than I've been now and still able to keep their recovery. And that amazing. So I just had um, my breakfast just now and all the trigger food they were giving, because they give a lot of food. I just say this simple word that is so powerful, and which is no, no, thank you. I don't want this. It's just a simple, but it's so powerful just to realize if I eat one bite of this, my whole day going to be destroyed and not worth it. So that's what I want to say, and I, I just feeling like, you know, it is a way. It's a way out of nowhere, and that's what the program had given to me. And don't give up on yourself, because God will never will. And remember, the last thing I'm going to say, it's definitely a we program. You cannot do this alone. So please reach out. It's amazing people out there that want to hear you. I pass. Thank you, Pamela P. from New York. Next up, we have Abby R. also from New York, followed by Jim. Good morning, Abby. Hi, good morning. This is Abby R. from New York. Um, I just wanted to thank you all for your shares and for being on the line. I'm not at all new to OA um, or even the big book, but um, very new to a vision for you. And I just um, just want to reiterate how appreciative I am for this paragraph and all your shares about it because um because it's it's hard in the beginning um well it's hard period i don't know the end for me i just i know for you guys i'm hoping for me that i have an ending that's um that's you know similar to everybody's um but more importantly that i just wanted to say that um it is so important to listen and at the same time to to share your story because I know that um, I need to hear that somebody else ate out of the garbage and stole food from the supermarket and picked the raisins out of the raisin bran because I have all sorts of names for myself um, about doing that, um, very self-loathing negative things. Um, and I would never say that about any of you. So when I hear that somebody else has done that, um, I don't actually feel so disgusting or alone or weird or anything like that. Um, and and it also helps me know that somebody like me can not necessarily 
has to stay there anymore and be like that. So I am working with a sponsor right now. I'm doing the very best I can. I've, you know, I've been separated from my alcoholic foods for about a week now. I'm not going to call myself abstinent because I'm still working out kinks and scheduling and doing, you know, not, I, I'm just, it's very overwhelming. I think I've shared um, with someone else recently that it's, it's a lot to do um, life um, and this. And I know it's, you know, somebody has called it like the hospitalization period and, and I get that and I see why. A hospitalization period away from home is um, probably beneficial. Um, but that's not an option for me, nor do I necessarily think it's necessary. I just uh, would appreciate outreach calls letting me know that you know, it doesn't, it's not always so overwhelming. Um, because when I have nothing else to do, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. But like when the air conditioning breaks or my daughter cries for two hours, it feels like I am not going to make it. So thank you so much for my sharing with that. I'll pass. Thank you, Abby R. Okay, next up we have Jim S. from Ohio, followed by Chris W. Good morning, Jim. Yes, good morning. My name is Jim S. I'm in Toledo, Ohio. I um, have been just not complying with the program since Sunday evening. Um, I was at an AA meeting and I left, and there was a man who just came in, a newcomer, and I was basically thinking about sharing with him, but I left and eventually wound up going back, and he wasn't there, and, and I had such a, everything was going my way, but I didn't connect with him. Well, anyway, today I'm reading my devotional book, and it's about a man who was at a church, and there was a man with a sign um, asking for help. And he left but went back and made a connection with the guy. And, um, you know, when I heard that today, it was like I, I got a glimmer of hope that God is still wanting me to abstain and and, and take part in the program. So, um I don't know. I wouldn't have had the courage to share if I hadn't read that devotional today. So um, I'm starting fresh. So thanks. Thanks, Jim. All right. Next up, we have Chris W. Chris will be followed by Margaret D. Hey, good morning, Chris. Hi. This is Chris W. Chris with a K from Tennessee. And um, this has been such an awesome reading today this whole thing on working with others because i have been making the mistake of just thinking okay it's working with people that's newcomers or someone that's returning and um i've only just started sharing my disease with people that i meet like in my church they all know i'm plant-based and that's really where i've been focusing you know like well i don't eat it at restaurants just because of this or that. Um, so I've been on that 
path anyway, just recently working someone through the steps and again, myself, but today I just have such a whole different concept of it is um, that I can be finding a way to focus on people who don't even know about OA and it's, that's just a, a new thought for me. But many times as I've gone through this step, it's never really occurred to me that that's what they're talking about and talk about the problem, not the solution. Because I'll say things like, well, it's a spiritual program and blah, blah, blah. But it, it says don't talk about that at the very beginning. And um, But I also wanted to share that I just walked someone through the steps and we're almost through and it was in a very quick way like Harlan does and and it's just been amazing and I watched her face go from you know being in pain to just her face was glowing when she went through the um, the ninth steps um, and I just we both cried and cried it's like I can't do anything about um, making someone get this program or anything. I can be, just be there, but I realized I've been spending so much time trying to be abstinent and not, and think about myself, that now that I'm truly had, had that spiritual awakening, I understand what it's like and I don't wanna break anything in my abstinence. I was hungry last night and I thought, I think it's because I was on such a high. And then I was offered the position of sharing, you know, working through the steps again with another person um, that we're going to start today and do it quickly. And I realized, yes, it's all about helping others. And if I break my abstinence, then I have to, I have to start all over. They have to start all over, at least get a new sponsor and, I was so darn selfish, um, but I did want to comment on that Weight Watcher lecture. I thought that's exactly true. I remember how many years I went to Weight Watchers and time, please. I did. So thank you very much. I pass. Thank you, Chris. All right, next up we have Margaret D. Good morning, Margaret. Margaret, star one, that's going to unmute you. Hey, Katie, thank you. Um, good morning, everybody. My name is Margaret D. And believe me, I am absolutely ecstatic to be recovered um, and recovered only through God's grace and mercy. And as one of our members likes to say, always giving credit where credit is due. Um, <clears throat> so this paragraph reminds me of... Um, a particular little poem that goes something like, um, yesterday upon the stair, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. Oh, how I wish he'd go away. You know, if you're a compulsive eater, you kind of understand that, or for me, as a compulsive eater, and I look at this as a, you know, an example or a, a great definition of compulsive eating. It's there today, it's not there, you know, oh, wait a minute, I wish it would go away, but it's not really there, I'm not a compulsive eater, but I can't stop eating. You know, and my head just goes around and round and round and round. And um, 
one section of the big book talks about um, that it says if you have a drinking problem, or in our case, you know, a problem with, we hope that you may pause in reading one of the personal stories and think, yes, that happened to me. If I said to somebody, I met a man who wasn't there, he wasn't there again today, you know, I wish he'd go away. And if that was like the, what the disease, I mean, um, what do I want, like symptoms of the disease and somebody else had gone through the same, oh, my God, I saw that man and he wasn't there. You know, it's like that would definitely get my attention. And then if I went on and I said, yeah, and I told or I listened to somebody talk about how they felt when they saw the man who wasn't there. I'm not going to be telling this to everybody. I don't want anybody to think I'm crazy. I don't want them to know that I ate out of garbage cans or did whatever in the world it was that I did. And then the third part is um, that if I can be honest enough and present myself, this is what it felt like. I felt like I was crazy, like I was losing my mind. I mean, I was suicidal. Um, The last part that was, the big book says is most important. Yes, I believe this program can work for me. So at some point when I start talking about how my life changed, how my thinking changed or whatever, um, it just has been like a little tool for me to kind of not get into that moralizing or lecturing. Because as, as, as anybody, and I'll wrap it up with this, as anybody that I've ever sponsored can tell you, Yes, Margaret does like to moralize and lecture. So um, with that, I pass. Other than welcome to the still-suffering compulsive eater, you are so welcome here. Pass. All right, Margaret. Okay, does anyone want a one-minute share? One minute only? Tina S.? Tina S. Okay, Tina, go ahead. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Katie. Hi, this is Tina, compulsive eater, anorexic. I'm so grateful to be on the line. What a wonderful paragraph. I'm sorry, Tina, you were muted. Are you there? So sorry, I just wanted to say what a great meeting, what a wonderful paragraph, and I heard at least three people on the line today that this paragraph has totally affected and made a 180 degrees. And I, you know, my share now makes at least four. And so with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Oh, Tina, thank you. And thank you to everyone. It is 7.55, so we are going to wrap. Thanks to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following our closing. The share ID for today, Wednesday, July 5, 2023, is 20,416. That's 21416. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Leah S. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Keep you until then. Leah? Leah S. Press star one. Okay. Leah, I'm going to give you one more chance, please. Okay. 
Let me get that. I have it right here. One moment. And all right. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit. And you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.